1: All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And this week, as we now officially kick off into June for show number 152, for the week of June 2nd, 2016, we're taking a trip back and a trip into the future. As Walt would put it, one foot in the past, one foot in the future, as we have none other than an author, a writer, a researcher, a historian, We have none other than Jim Fanning stopping in here at the show. That's right, Jim Fanning, who many of you know, is the author of the latest great Disney book called The Disney Book. He's going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things. His latest book, The Walt Disney Archives, Historical Researching, Being a Disney Historian, What's Coming Up in the Upcoming Years, and so much more. As Jim is going to uncover so much from the Walt Disney Legacy, the Archives, and so much more. And let me tell you, that is something that I truly do love, as all of you D-heads know. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. Yes, you have the questions, he has the answers, Aaron is gonna answer all your questions in I Want To Know. We also have Nathan dusting off the books, putting on the white gloves, and giving you just what happened this week in Disney history. And let's hope he is spot on, as we have a Disney historian here this week in the studios. We also have Cody, fresh off becoming a father of two now, with this week's Hollywood Walk with a little bit more about our very special guest, Jim Fanning. We also have the latest from Disney Multimedia for your Android, your iPhones, and all of your devices with Randy in Disney Multimedia. And we're going to go into the vault. Yes, with another Blu-ray and DVD, you have to add to your collection, as Jason is going to go deep into the vault for all of your D-heads out there. We also have the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW in two and so much fun here this week here at the show. There is news hot off the D-wire and so much fun here this week as we officially kick off into June. So before we jump into this week's show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Mickey's Travel. And Mickey's Travel has been in business since 1994. They're knowledgeable, they're experts, and they're going to help you plan, book, and prepare and make the most magical vacation for the Walt Disney World Resort that you could possibly have. From character interactions, dining reservations, resort reservations, and more, they're going to make it seamless, magical, and help you build those memories for all of your family and friends to have. So definitely check them out, mickeystravel.com. And just by mentioning that you heard about them here at Diz Radio, they're going to hook you up with lanyards, autograph books, and so much more. They're going to take care of you and add even an extra hint of magic just by mentioning us here at the show. So definitely check them out, mickeystravel.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, this week, like I said, one foot in the past, one foot in the future, lots of things from Disney Legacy that we've all grown up with, we've passed on for generations, new things within the Disney company, and all kinds of fun. So we're gonna gear up to talk with a historian, a researcher, a writer, Mr. Jim Fanning, stopping in here, tons from the D-Team. So let's officially kick off show number 152 for the week of June 2nd, 2016. And let's kick this one off in no better way that I could possibly think of by taking that trip to the family time, to the family moments in front of the small screen in your lives. Be right back, all of you D heads.
2: Everything Disney does is is tell stories, whether it's in a book, whether it's in a theme park ride, or whether it's in movies. Those stories always resonate with everybody because it touches something in everyone. The Disney magic is something that everybody is attracted to. The most magical thing about Disney to me is its people and how they all work together creatively to tell their stories. I mean, it's such an amazing group of talent that it's awe-inspiring. I think the Disney fan would enjoy the inside look at Disney animation because looking at the artwork, there's something very engaging about that, to see the art that went into these films. Um, So the DK book is another way to partner with the company, to learn about the company, to be inspired by it, and to maybe go on and make their own stories themselves.
3: This is Disney historian Jim Fanning, the author of the Disney book, and you're listening to Disney On Demand.
4: Yeah
0: Listening to Disney on Demand.
4: Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, Dude, and now it's too bright.
0: Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney.
4: Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E, and only one R and an I instead of an I.
0: It's Disney on Demand.
4: Well, it out like any normal sitting gig, you know, with the reassuring of the parent and all.
0: Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson.
4: I just wish I could forget the whole thing.
0: You will, kid. You will.
1: All right, all GD heads, I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 152 for the week of June 2nd, 2016. As we're taking a trip, as Walt would say, with one foot in the past and one foot in the future, as we have a writer, historian, author, and so much more. Jim Fanning, stopping in here at the show. Yes, Jim, the current author of the Disney book, one that you want to add to your collection. He's a Disney historian, and so much more. He's gonna be stopping in here very shortly here at Disney On Demand with all of you D-heads. We also have the D-Team here, and so much more. Now, normally, this is when I would jump into news, hot off the D-wire, all of you D-heads, and there is a lot of news here this week, but being a Disney historian is in the house here this week. That's something where you know I thrive. If you talk with the D-Team, anyone has chatted with me online I love Disney history, Disney future, Disney memorabilia, you know that I love it. I have my own personal archive, so I'm going to be doing a lot of research here so I know topics I want to cover with Jim when he stops in here at the show. But there is some news that I'm not going to go too deep into, but let's just say, how about footwear, etc., announcing an arrival as the official UGG Disney collection. You also have STK Orlando opening at Disney Springs. Yes, the One Group Hospitality Inc. has opened the official restaurant at Disney Springs in Orlando? And how about Star Wars launching the most authentic line of prop replicas ever? ever created at the Star Wars Ultimate Studios Edition.com. And getting back to Disney Springs, how about Pandora Jewelry opening at Disney Springs? And finally, yes, that's a lot of ands in there, applications are now open for the 10th annual Disney Dreamers Academy at the Walt Disney World Resort with Steve Harvey and Essence. Now, these are just a couple of the news highlights that I did have planned here for this week. And if you want to find out more about these topics, all you got to do is go to our website at disradio.com. That simple. We have all the full write-ups there, all the latest news blogs, and more. But normally, I would go into a spiel for the next 15 to 20 minutes. All kinds of news and things going on within the Walt Disney Company. I'm not going to do that this week because we have a jam-packed show. And like I said, you get a historian like Jim stopping in here, and somebody who considers himself a bit of an amateur historian for Disney, in myself, and we're going to talk, this could go on for hours. So before I release the reins here to the D team, because we have lots of things from Aaron, Caitlin, Nathan, Cody, Jason, Paige, and Randy all stopping in here this week, we have lots of fun things. So I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show, first and foremost, and that is at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our lifetime of Disney player, Disney memes, and so much more, right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z radio. Dot com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can also join the discussion on our Facebook group, the D-Wire Disney Discussion Group on Facebook as well. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. All you got to do is search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky little show here at Disney On Demand. And if you just can't wait, you need to show released instantly, in your ears, on your iPod, uh, anywhere, any mobile device, your iPhone, your Android. All you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, that simple, search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue or Dis Radio, and subscribe right there. It is that simple, and you'll get the shows as soon as they get released, instantly, on your mobile device, your iPhone, your Android, your tablets, you name it, subscribe right there. And remember, you can find all of these links and more, including bios about the D-Team and so much more, on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Com. So, all of you d heads, like I said, so much on the horizon, so many great things to talk about. I am excited for Jim to be stopping in here. Like I said, a Disney historian in the house. There's so many different directions I could take this with one foot in the past, one foot in the future. I am excited and totally stoked for this. So, with that, I'm gonna end news here. Yes. That is the last you're going to hear me for news here this week, you D-heads. That's right. I don't think this has happened in probably about a year. So it's monumental that you don't have to listen to me ramble in. So I'm going to release the reins to the D-team. And the next time you hear me, I'm going to have a historian, an author, and a writer in Mr. Jim Fanning stopping in here very, very shortly. So all of you DMs with that said, take it away team, and let's press on for show number 152 for the week of June 2nd, 2016.
4: Got a
5: whale of a tail to tell you lads, a whale of a tale or two, about the flapping fish and the girls I've loved, on nights like this with the moon above. A whale of a tale, and it's all true I swear by my tattoo I swear by my tattoo There was Mermaid Minnie Met her down in Madagascar She would kiss me Anytime that I would ask her Then one evening Her flame of love blew out Well, blow me down and pick me up She swapped me for a trout Oh, blow me down and pick me up She swapped me for a truck Got a whale of a tail to tell you lads A whale of a tail or two About the flapping fish and the girls I love On nights like this with the moon above A whale of a tail and it's all true I swear by my tattoo I swear by my tattoo There was Typhoon Tessie met her on the coast of java when we kissed i bubbled up like molten lava then she gave me the scare of my young life well blow me down and pick me up she was the captain's wife oh blow me down and pick me up she was the captain's wife Got a whale of a tail to tell you lads. A whale of a tail or two about the flappin' fish and the girls I love. A nights like this with the moon above. A whale of a tail and it's all true. A whale of a tail and it's all true. I swear by my tattoo, got a whale of a tail, got a whale of a tail, got a
2: whale of a tail, got a whale of a tail, got a whale of Cooper and
6: their dealings with pressed envelope to Davis and Kurt right
5: down that
6: We're at Epcot Center's World Showcase. In a few hours, this area will be teeming with thousands of happy guests enjoying its host pavilion, the American Adventure.
0: Disney World in Orlando, Florida. It's time to step behind the scenes at Epcot Center and discover the fantastic world of Imagineering. It's Backstage Disney, the American Adventure, with your host, Lloyd Bridges.
6: The American Adventure is one of the most ambitious shows ever produced by the Disney
7: organization.
0: Hey, this is Mike Gabriel. I'm a Disney director, animator, production designer, story man, character designer. I've done everything there. I've been there 35 years. Uh, I worked on directed Pocahontas, directed Rescuers Down Under, made a cool short called Lorenzo, you might have seen, and uh, production design, Wreck-It Ralph, among other things. And I did the corporate logo, too, the, the castle logo with the fireworks and all that. I got to make that. So anyway, I'm so glad to be here at Disney On Demand you have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know.
8: Hey D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Hope everyone had a wonderful Memorial weekend. My son sure has been keeping me busy with baseball, and school is almost out for the summer. We've all been busy sending in questions, and the virtual mailbag is full. So let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Keegan Thomas of Michigan, and she writes, Aaron and Diz Radio, Recently I was at Epcot and saw The American Adventure for the first time ever. I loved it. It brought tears to my eyes. The end song made me tear up completely. My question was once I got home from vacation, I was digging around the net and was trying to find more on the attraction." Someone told me it was part of a behind-the-scenes special on Disney, or Disney Channel or something. Can you help me find it? Well, I believe the special you're talking about is called Backstage Epcot, The American Adventure. It was a 1987 Disney Channel special. It was hosted by Lloyd Bridges, and it's available to watch on YouTube. I just love the -the behind-the-scenes Disney specials. Our next question is from Riley G. of Nashville, Tennessee, and he writes, Disney On Demand, great show, and happy 150th. My question for Aaron is in old Disney movies. Were there any old Disney army or military-based movies, or even TV shows? Thank you for the help, guys. Well, it's pretty well known that Disney made military propaganda movies during World War II. Walt contributed a lot to creating and maintaining the home front support for the war. Here are a couple of Disney movies that took place on military bases. In 1986, on the Wonderful World of Color, they aired the Brat Patrol, which took place on an army base. And in 2002, the Disney Channel movie Cadet Kelly, starring Hilary Duff, took place at a military academy. Well, our final question this week is from Felicia Higgins of Detroit, Michigan and she writes DT Marin I'm a new D-head and I think the show is wonderful such great guests you always have on and the team is so fun to listen to I was watching the Disney Channel the other day with my daughter and it got me thinking about some of the classics like all new MMC or vintage Vault Disney and so on do they ever replay these anymore or anywhere at all Wonderful show again, and thanks. Well, in December 2014, Vault Disney moved to Turner Classic Movie Channel with the new title, Treasures from the Disney Vault. They don't show all the time, but keep an eye out for when they are showing. I'm sure we'll let you know here on the podcast when it'll be on. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for your great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads.
0: The following presentation is closed captioned
6: for the hearing impaired. Damon. I'm sorry to have to welcome you to this invitational showing of Follow Me Boys in this way. I'd give anything to be there with you. But this seems to be one of those times I'm tied down here at the studio night and day. Of course, it's always this way when we're shooting a picture. And it so happens we're in the middle of shooting one right now. It's a comedy feature called uh, Blackbeard's Ghost, starring uh, Peter Ustinoff, Dee Jones, and Susan Plachette. Now, we've completed quite a few pictures since finishing Follow Me, Boys. But there's one special one that I just have to mention. It's titled The uh, Happiest Millionaire. Now, this is one we call a Happy Family Musical. It's the true story of the fabulous Anthony Drexel Biddle family of Philadelphia in the era of 1917. Now, the stars are Fred McMurray, a real Disney favorite, as Mr. Biddle, the lovely Greer Garson as Mrs. Biddle, two newcomers, Leslie Ann Warren and John Davidson, playing Cordelia Biddle and Angie Duke. And it was the romance between these two that brought together the together <laughs> the Biddle and Duke family. And introducing the fabulous Tommy Steele, star of the Broadway hit half a sixpence. Tommy plays the part of John Lawless, the butler. Now there's a sequence in the picture that I'd like very much to run for you. It's that part where Tommy, fresh off the boat from Ireland, has been sent by an employment agency to the Biddle home to apply for the job as Butler. He walks in unannounced and this is what happened. Well, that's just one of the many songs in the show. And naturally, being part Irish, it's one of my favorites, of course. Now, The Happiest Millionaire won't be released until late next year. So let's get on with the business at hand, and that is Follow Me Boys. To us, this is a very special kind of motion picture, and one of which we're very proud. It has a fine cast and uh, oh yes, you're about to meet a 15-year-old boy for whom I predict a great acting future. His name is Kurt Russell. I hope you enjoy the show, and incidentally, have a handkerchief handy. If you're like me, you're not only going to laugh a lot, but you're going to shed a few happy tears. So thanks for coming, and again, I'm sorry I can't be there with you personally for this occasion. But here now is Follow Me Boy. Hi, this is Bill Farmer, the voice behind the characters Goofy, Pluto, and many of your other Disney favorites. And you're listening to Disney On Demand.
9: Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. The brand new bus loop is now officially open at Disney Springs, so if you're staying on Disney property or at a good neighbor resort, it should be even easier for you to take that much needed shopping break. It's got 18 load zones and looks so much more efficient than the old bus stop. And if you're on the fence about spending a couple hours at the Springs, it's definitely worth it. I was just in Orlando for the weekend and got to see a lot of the new shops and restaurants, and it's completely transformed. The Jungle Book Alive with Magic show has begun its limited engagement in Animal Kingdom. With special effects, music, performers, and water projections, you'll want to make sure to check it out along with all of the other new entertainment and experiences that have come with the new evening Animal Kingdom Hours. And don't miss the Tree of Life Awakening and a dinner at Tiffin's. If you don't have time for a full dinner there, check out their Nomad Lounge. With covered outdoor sofa seating, small plates, and cocktails, it's sure to have a great vibe. To celebrate the upcoming Pixar release of Finding Dory, June 11th, is Speak Like a Whale Day. You can pick up a free button at the front of the park while supplies last, and at Disney Springs there will be a special underwater themed activity, as well as a DJ, games, giveaways, and Whale Speak University. At the seas with Nemo and friends in Epcot, experts will be on hand to help teach you more about the underwater inhabitants of the film, and of course don't miss Turtle Talk with Crush to meet some new characters. And last but not least, keep your eyes peeled for Mickey's Royal Friendship Fair. The Newcastle Fourcourt stage show is set to premiere on June 17th. And with princesses like Rapunzel, Tiana, Anna, and Elsa, along with Mickey and the gang, it's sure to be magical. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, you can fly.
4: All the birds sing words and the flowers croon in the ticky 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 room. Take it. up your eyes you know it's Disney Has
10: a home at Euro Disney. <laughs> Discover the real land of make-believe right in the heart of Europe. The Euro Disney Resort, Paris.
11: Hi, d Heads. Welcome to another installment of this week in Disney History. I'm Nathan and ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia with that said let's begin kicking off this week let's begin with this week's quote coming from uncle walt again it's a long one here we go my role well you know i was stumped one day when a little boy asked do you draw mickey mouse i had to admit i do not draw anymore then you think of all the jokes and ideas no i said i don't do that finally he looked at me and said mr disney just what do you do well i said Sometimes I think of myself as a little bee. I go from one area of the studio to another and gather pollen and sort of stimulate everybody. I guess that's the job I do. Now, it's Diz Radio Throwback Time for this week in Diz Radio History with show number 8 from May of 2010, featuring the son of one of Walt's original Nine Old Men, Wolfgang Reitherman's son, Bruce Reitherman, who voiced Mowgli in Disney's The Jungle Book and Christopher Robin in the Winnie the Pooh series. Jump back with us today and listen in. Now starting out this week in Disney history, we're going to go to 1936, when Disney's Mickey Mouse cartoon, Through the Mirror, is released. It is based on the Alice Through the Looking Glass story, and here's an extra little tidbit for you. But if you've played Disney's Epic Mickey video game for the Nintendo Wii in the opening cutscene where Mickey is asleep in his bed, if you look again at the book that's uh, laying on him while he's asleep that he was reading, it's actually Alice Through the Looking Glass. Moving on to 1960, Disneyland's Puffin Bakery, opened since July of 1955, closes on Main Street. The space will become the Sunkissed Citrus House and in 1990, the Blue Ribbon Bakery. In 1967, site preparation begins in Florida on Walt Disney World's project, requiring swamp drainage, clearing of land, and removal of trees going to take almost 1,600 days and $400 million to operate all this until opening day. In 1972, Rod Sterling, creator and host of the current Night Gallery and The Twilight Zone, which ran from 1959 to 64, appears on the cover of TV Guide. In 1989, Walt Disney World's Typhoon Lagoon, featuring one of the world's largest wave pools in the United States, officially opens for business in 2005 disney's first customer still uses his lifetime pass which is an article by tom wharton appears in the salt lake tribune it tells the story of dave mcpearson disneyland's very first paying customer in 2008 disney and nasa announced that buzz lightyear will visit space for real when he becomes a part of discovery's crew on may 31st lightyear is scheduled to take space on discovery's sts-124 mission stowed inside a locker in the crew compartment. The toy astronaut is going to make an educational partnership between NASA and Disney. Also in 2008, Science of Disney Imagineering takes place at NYU in New York City. The sold-out event allowed guests to interact with Lucky the Dinosaur, ask Finding Nemo's crush some questions, and meet the Imagineers, the scientists and engineers of Walt Disney Imagineering. And also in 2008, Toy Story Midway Mania opens at Disney's Hollywood Studios. In 2011, Disneyland officially launched Star Tours, the adventures continue, with a gala ceremony in Tomorrowland. And in 2012, today is the final day of operation for Walt Disney World's Snow White's Scary Adventures. It was an opening day attraction at the Magic Kingdom and a dark ride, and Snow White is being replaced by Princess Fairytale Hall, which is a royal meet-and-greet area set to debut in 2013 as part of the redesigned Fantasyland project. And also in 2012, the first phase of Disney's Art of Animation Resort opened at Walt Disney World. And we end this week in Disney History D-Heads with a lot of birthdays around the company again. We're going to start them out this week with musical composer Danny Elfman of Disney Touchstone fame being born. Mel Blanc is born in California, who's been famous for his many, many voices such as Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Sylvester and more for the Warner Brothers Company, but also did voices for the Carousel of Progress and the Hiccup sound effect for Pinocchio and many more with Disney. Moving on to Disney legend Dick Nunes, who had a very close hand in the development of the Walt Disney World Project, is born. Idina Menzel of Enchanted and Frozen fame is born. Colin Farrell is born, who played Pamela Travers' father, Travers Goff, in Saving Mr. Banks. And we're going to end birthdays this week with Disney Resort Pianist Piano Yeehaw Bob Jackson being on board. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something new maybe you didn't know. Feel free, as always, to email me at nathan at disradio.com. We'd love to hear from you and get some feedback. As always, guys, have a great week, and see you real soon.
12: Swamp Fox, Swamp Fox, sail on the top. Nobody knows where the swamp box at Swamp box, swamp box, hiding in the glen He runs away to fight again I fire a gun and the birds take queen The startled cries, the signal clear When men march forth to fight the king And leave behind their loved ones dear. Swamp box, swamp box, tail on his hat Nobody knows where the swamp box at Swamp box, swamp box, hiding in the glen He runs away to fight again we had no lead and we had no powder Always fought with an empty gun Only made a shout the louder We are men of Mary Swamp box, swamp box, tail on his hat Nobody knows where the swamp box at Swamp box, swamp box, hiding in the glen We run away to fight again. No honey, all we had was the continental money. Wouldn't buy nothing worth a bacon in a pot. Roast and ears and possum was all we ever got. Swamp fox, swamp fox, tail on his hat. Nobody knows where the swamp fox is at. Swamp fox, swamp fox, hiding in the glen. He runs away to fight again. We had no blankets and we had no beds. Had no roof above our heads. We got no shelter when it rained. <laughs> knows where the Swamp Fox at. Swamp Fox, Swamp Fox, hiding in the glen. He runs away to fight again. The Redcoats fight in a foreign land. Their hearts are far across the sea. They never try to understand. We fight for home and liberty. Swamp Fox, Swamp Fox, later on his hat.
5: This is Rolly Crump, a Disney Imagineer, and you're listening to Disney on Demand.
0: Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice
4: identification
10: EC82. Hey gang, it's me again Jason. Welcome back down here to The Vault, where our corn is always knee-high by the 4th of July, or in my case, usually past my height. I'm so glad you were able to make it. Summer is finally upon us. It is great. Time for pools and poolside parties and of course, summer movie memories. And the blockbusters just keep coming. Whether you've walked through the looking glass with Alice or you've chosen sides between Cap or Iron Man, whatever the choice, they are all great and spectacular. But you know what else is wonderful? Movies that are here in the vault that you can put in your DVD or Blu-ray player to make those summer memories a reality. I'm bringing out yet another one of the Walt Disney treasures, which, as I've said before, are truly that, a treasure to own this one a very rare one but indeed a good one to enjoy on those warm summer nights this is walt disney treasures dr sin the scarecrow of romney marsh now from a title like dr sin you would honestly think this is going to be one of the scariest things you've ever seen but in reality it is a great adaptation of Russell Thorndike's stories, and after watching this, you will definitely see why Walt fell in love with these adventure tales, and it created one of the best Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color episodes. It all starts with meeting the Scarecrow. No, not Dr. Crane, because there are no bats around here, but Patrick Bagunha's depiction of the man, who we think may be bad, but turns out to be a little bit of good. He seems to be ordering some stolen goods into some carriages. as you can tell, we're definitely back in time here, without Doc and Marty. And these guys are going to listen, I mean come on, this man is dressed like a scarecrow, to the hilt, from the bagged mask to the scary hat, completely head to toe. He really gets into cosplay. It seems the scarecrow is trying to help those in need, see, the Royal Navy that is, the British Royal Navy, is making their life a little bit difficult. So, what is a man to do with a split personality? By day, he's Dr. Sin, the vicar of the local town, and by night, the vigilante and helpful sort of the town, the Scarecrow. And throughout this entire three-part episode, made into one large movie, we discover that Dr. Sin and the Scarecrow are more like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde than they are, what I would say, a Robin Hood-type character. Dr. Sin wants to do the right thing and knows that the Royal Navy is extremely wrong in taxing all of his people. But Dr. Sin also knows that in order to stay alive and to stay where he's living, he's got to abide by the rules, definitely torn in two directions. Throughout this entire series, you will see daring rescues, sword fights, and of course, love blossoming from either side of the battle lines. This 1964 film is surely going to be a classic that you will want to add to your own collection. It ranks highly up there, similar to The Legend of Zorro and Swiss Family Robinson. Again, it falls in the same timeline as these classics. But again, I think this is one of those stories that gets lost and forgotten, partly because, again, it was on television and not many people got to see it. But again, it was originally released on television and it was released as a film as well, sometimes taking up a double billing with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So you can tell there is a love for this film. As I've done some research along with watching this film, I've discovered that Leonard Maltin, who helped create the Disney Treasures tins, actually finds this to be the one film that most people request the most. How ironic when most people probably don't even realize that this adventure exists. So you know what I'm going to tell you guys, it is summer and most of our favorite television shows have gone on hiatus or unfortunately have left us. So that only means one thing, there's plenty of time for you to catch up on some great films like this. It is on the Walt Disney Treasures tin, it is specifically made for this and it's a two disc set. Set 1 giving you the full Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color adaptation. The second disc giving you the actual film version. There are some nuances, so keep your eyes open. And of course, these tins are chock full of extras as well. Of course, you will get Walt's introduction, which are always a treasure when you get to hear the man himself speak to you. It's as if he's inviting you himself. And I think that's how he originally took it. Dr. Sin, The History of the Legend, is a great documentary that explains the origins of Dr. Sin and the books by Russell Thorndike. There are many different legends and stories to tell about Dr. Sin, this being only one of many. Back in the 1960s, I don't think we were ever thinking about franchises, but I bet you today we could look back and say, you know, Walt could have started something. We did see it again with Zorro, but again, that was on television. Always thinking one step ahead, that man he was. Disc 2 also includes some wonderful bonus features. The first, Dr. Sin, alias the Scarecrow, is the actual film version that was later aired on television and in theaters. So it's really the feature-length version of the entire serial. So you're not getting left... Episode 1, Episode 2, Episode 3. And then, of course, Walt Disney from Burbank to London. This is a great piece to show you exactly what it took to make this film that has plenty of archival footage, photos, and production design of all the things that were going on at the time, especially when you're using source material that comes from over the pond. It's a great way to be able to see what was going on over there to what was going on here stateside. Now, I know I'm going a little bit all over the board today, and it's usually not in my format, but I do want to tell you, this is one great DVD to pop in. Again, the Disney Treasures are not available on Blu-ray yet, and I hope they will be, because I think they are phenomenal. And to be able to see some of these, especially like Dr. Sin, who still has some of their negatives available in the Disney archives, what a great way to reprint them and have them digitally redone in blu-ray so they are just as crisp as they were on print i can only hope that this happens to us someday soon so i'm going to put this one up high in f for field and we will see you again next week for another new blue for you to view here in the vault and i know i promised you a monday movie memory this week but with the holiday my memory was with the family so i was hoping that you were making memories as well so who knows? Maybe there'll be a double dose of memories this week, coming up on Monday. So until then, gang, remember the magic of Disney movies is always two crows feet away and always deep inside of you.
6: Super, the w- uh-huh. uh-huh. their dealings with pressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right
5: Write down that. <laughs>
13: Scarecrow, Scarecrow The soldiers of the king feared his name On the southern coast of England There's a legend people tell Of days long ago when the great Scarecrow Would ride from the jaws of hell And laugh (laughs) with a fiendish yell With his clothes all torn and tattered through the black of night he cried from the marsh to the coast like a demon ghost. he dropped the rich, then hide, and it laughed <laughs> till he stood his side. Scarecrow, 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 the soldiers of the king feared his name, Scarecrow. The same scarecrow. He would always help the farmer when there was no gold to bring. He'd find a way for the poor to pay the taxes of the king. Scarecrow, every man would sing. So the king told all his soldiers hanging high or hanging low. But never return till the day I learn he's gone in flames below. Or you'll hang with the great scarecrow. Scarecrow, scarecrow, scarecrow. Scarecrow. The soldiers of the king fear his name. Scarecrow, scarecrow, scarecrow. The country folk all loved him just the same.
4: Get, go, get,
0: go, get, go. get a sneak peek at Disney's newest theme park. Disney's California Adventure.
6: Right next to Disneyland in California. Right next door to uh
12: to Disneyland.
7: Disneyland! Located right next door to Disneyland in California.
12: Mountains! Beaches, Hollywood sets, the Golden Gate Bridge, mountains, majestic, beaches,
6: sandy, Hollywood sets, glamorous, the Golden Gate Bridge, rusty and orangish. It's all California, and it's all California. One incredible
14: state. Are you ready? Yes. Are you
0: ready? Yes. yes. For Disney's California Adventure?
8: I think it has something to do with California. Am I wrong?
0: Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk.
15: Hey everybody, Cody here, getting ready to bring you another exciting installment of this week's Hollywood Walk for show number 152, where we have none other than Jim Fanning. And this is going to be very exciting. I'm really excited for this interview. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, so let's dive right in here. A lot of you are probably wondering, who is Jim Fanning? Well, Jim specializes in Disney. I mean, full-blown Disney. This guy, I mean, you think we're crazy in love with Disney? This guy, I think, takes the cake here. He does everything for Disney. Disney. He's got a career dedicated to celebrating and exploring the work and life of Walt Disney, as well as his collaborators and those who carry on his legacy. He's recounted the history of many areas of the wide world of Disney. He's done extensive research at the Walt Disney Archives, the Disney Photo Library, the Animation Research Library, and the Walt Disney Imagineering Image Libraries, and has interviewed many Disney luminaries and talents including Frank Thomas, Ollie Johnston, Mark Davis, John Martin. Musker, Mike Gabriel, Mary Costa, Catherine Beaumont, the Sherman Brothers, and Roger Mobley among many, many, many others. He's written officially commissioned works for many departments of the Walt Disney Company, as well as lending expertise to many Disney licensees, including Enesco, Technicolor, Dixie, NBC, and Mattel. Whether he's writing of Walt's boyhood in Marceline, Missouri, or relating the creation of Mickey Mouse, Disneyland, or Mary Poppins, or editing a series of books starring the characters from Disney Pixar's cars, Jim's philosophy is historical accuracy, dedication to uncovering new and little-known behind-the-scenes stories, and lively and engaging storytelling that illuminates authentic Disney magic. So some examples of what he's done, he's been in all sorts of magazines. He's written D23 online articles. He's also done things for behind the scenes and some extra special features on some Blu-rays and DVDs. He's written some books with some wonderful, wonderful behind the scenes info and also some beautiful just scenery art, behind the scenes things in that nature for children's books and whatever. He's done comics advertising. He's just all over the place with Disney and he's loving every minute of it and he does a fantastic job of it as well. Some of the DVDs, things that he has done, he's done narration for Sleeping Beauty and Beauty and the Beast. He's done on-screen biographical and behind-the-scenes material for the Toy Story box set, the Fantasia anthology, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and he's done captions for Walt Disney Treasures. So those are just a few of the things that he's done just from the DVD aspect of it all. Like I said, he's written books that have some great behind the scenes footage if you will um some some great easter eggs that you just no one's really ever seen before it's great and of course what he's mainly known for is he's the author of the disney book and i tell you if you're a fan of disney and if you want to learn anything new about disney you got to pick up this book it's divided into three sections and they focus on the animation or drawn disney the live action tv shows disney in action and the theme parks and it just goes into such detail and just things you never even knew about or could even really imagine that uh, have gone on in disney throughout the years it's just beautiful the artwork the behind the scenes footage the quotes from walt himself and also brother roy among other family and friend members it's just it's just really wonderful to read can't put it down you really can't it's like i said it's just something amazing it truly is a work of art in itself they've got all sorts of like i said unseen drawings if you will he's got the uh the original donald duck toy you know extremely rare you know with a long build donald duck something i don't even recall ever watching as a kid you know i was a little too old by the time i started getting into donald duck he was the donald duck we all n- know and love today but you know there's behind the scenes information about beloved films and, and peaks at early technology such as the multi-plane camera used for filming animation it's just a beautiful visual exploration of all things disney from the anime Made it and live action movies that have made Disney the beloved brand it is today. It's a DK style book, it's a DK style book, and it's packed with stunning visuals. It's got concept art, original stories, sketches, merchandise, and a range of movie posters and collectibles in it. Rarely seen treasures, props, art, and like I said, it's everything you could imagine and then more that is in this book. Like I said, if you're a fan of Disney and you want to learn something new, you think you know it all, why don't you go pick up this book? Because guarantee guaranteed you're going to find something you didn't know or something that's just going to really just jump out at you it really is something something wonderful and beautifully done by jim fanning here our guest this week and once you have read this book and you fall in love with it and you want more because you're going to want more trust me you're going to want to hear more of what jim has to say about everything he's got a blog you know it's on the told you would site and i'm going to give you the url here so you can go and check out his blog it's got wonderful articles from Christmas Party at Yogi's, A Gallery of Odd Christmas Albums, Festivities with Figaro and Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket, Merry Christmas to All, Christmas Wonderland, just a bunch of these blogs that are just so interesting and also don't forget, check out his D23 articles, they are outstanding but right away I'm going to give you this blog here real quick, it's Jim at toldyouwood.blogspot.com so that's Jim, J-I-M at toldyouwood, toldyouwood is spelled T-U-L. L G E Y W O O D dot blogspot dot So head on over there when you're done with this book, The Book of Disney. Like I said, it's fantastic. You're going to love it. I guarantee you. This is my personal guarantee here. You're going to love it. It's just, it's amazing. Everything that he has done for Disney and everything he has and everything he's he shows you, it's just, it makes you fall in love with Disney more and more and more with each turn of the page. I could go on and on about how great the book is, how great his blogs are, how in informative everything is but i think it's better that i just shut up now and you can go and uh, see what jim has to say personally i'm gonna send you over to jonathan i'm really excited about this i will see you next week d heads don't forget you can always email me at cody cody at disradio.com get ready because jim fanning author of the disney book is coming up right after this have a great one d heads
0: Action! It's time
1: for this week's Disney on Demand. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many times those are ones that are in the palm of your hand, ones you're reading online, those little nuggets that bring back your childhood, the magic, the memories from your lifetime of Disney, as we always say here at the show. And with us here this week is somebody that is no stranger to any of that. He puts it all in writing for you in pictures and so much more. We have a Disney historian, an author he's been part of many different things from D23 with their online articles as well as the publication been published in The Hollywood Reporter Disney Magazine and many other places which I'm sure we'll touch base on we have none other than the talented author himself Jim Fanning here welcome to Disney on demand
3: oh thank you Jonathan thanks for having me
1: It is our pleasure having you on I mean somebody with your resume continuing on with so many different articles and uh so many different things you've written and research and you know having this Disney history and if it's one thing we love here at the show, it is tapping into the past and the future, much like Walt Disney said, you know, one foot in the past, one foot in the future. And I think you really do cover that. So since you're not necessarily an actor, I'm going to do it a little bit different. But what led you down the road of wanting to be a historian and author and kind of lead you down that path, you know, with your love of Disney?
3: Well, um, I've had a lifelong love of Disney. And um, I really... I really started out as as a child anyhow wanting to be a, an artist and I was just so fascinated with Disney I thought uh, of course I wanted to be a Disney animator or you know some sort of artist like a comic book artist or what have you but as I got into high school I realized well my art is not really up to the Disney standard so I began to think well, what else could I do and I thought to myself well I can write and I really like I'm I'm fascinated by the history of Disney. So um I just sort of started going in that direction and um I I think as as you yourself, uh I'm I'm the same way. I'm just so fascinated by starting with Walt Disney and right up to today the fascinating stories behind everything. It it's you just scratch the surface and there's some amazing Story or some amazing person behind everything. So uh, that's in a nutshell how how it happened or how it started
15: anyhow
1: (laughs) well you know and i think that's like like you said there's always an amazing person of course it always starts with walt but you know him himself had always said too that you know you can have the greatest ideas but you have to have the team behind it and all these stories and people from these teams that made so many different of these memories for everybody that you know everybody pulls from everybody has a different specific disney memory if it's one company out there where you're gonna you can talk to ten people and ten different people will have ten different answers about something from Disney that meant something to them. Now I guess with jumping into this and you know starting to write this love of Disney um, uh, you know, being a historian, do you remember that very first, I guess, Disney article you wrote that got published and you were like, all right, this is it. This is all right, I'm I'm here. I, I I'm feeling pretty good now. <laughs>
3: Well, uh I started at the Disney studio in the mailroom and uh it was the traditional thing where you you were supposed to make contacts and hopefully get somebody, you know, meet somebody that would give you a chance. So, um, I did know uh the editor of the Disney Newsreel at that time and for folks who may not know the Disney Newsreels, the in house uh studio publication that's their newsletter, which um Used to be published every week, and I think maybe now it's every other week. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. But anyhow, uh, I said, "Well, I'll write i I'll write an article for you um, about anything you want." And he said, "Well, how about um, Disney and the future?" So um, I wrote a, an article that kind of examined like Tomorrowland and some of the futuristic films that Walt produced, and um, got published in the Newsreel. That was a thrill for me, and then. Uh I was very blessed because a lot of people read that article and and I started getting offers right away <laughs> so it was really it was really like an amazing door opening It wasn't even just the thrill of seeing my something I had written in print and in an official- disney publication, no less, but also how it how that led to other things so um that that was sort of the a concrete start.
1: Well, you know, and and like you said too, it's one of those where you remember it definitively and getting these offers then to continue to write and you know, uncover all these little nuggets. And some of those that you are part of, you know, currently that everybody knows, of course, D23 magazine, uh, you know, and many of those the online articles as well as the published publication, but I'm going to go to something that I really love, of course, and that's the Walt Disney Treasures collection because to me those are Lost Gems. And, you know, we've talked about them on our show before because these are DVDs and true treasures that they need to be reintroduced for a new generation. They need to have Walt Disney back on. So working on these and the Walt Disney treasures, um, was that something near and dear to your heart as well? Because there is that rich history and past that needs to get passed on to generation to generation so they don't forget their true roots.
3: I completely agree, and as as you might have guessed, yes, <laughs> they were certainly something that was very near and dear to my heart, and something I felt very th- I was thrilled to be able to work on uh, at least some of them, and um, also um, as as you're saying, I think they were very very important. So, um, uh, yeah, and I should I certainly wish they would reissue them and bring them back and and you know, add add some more titles. Uh, they they certainly had some more in mind before the the uh, the plug was pulled, and I'm not really sure why the, the plug was pulled on them. I I thought they were great, and they um, they always seem to sell very well. Um, and certainly anybody that speaks them out now is going to pay you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> a premium on on eBay to get them. You know, uh, so I I sure agree. Um, Sometimes I I think about the the treasures, and uh, it's amazing to think that, you know, every single Mickey Mouse Mouse cartoon was was, uh, put out, and every single Donald, and every single Pluto, just to name one subject. um, That is the short animation, the, the short animated cartoons. That's incredible. Um, for years and years they were just sort of a smattering of them here and there and of course before that before before DVDs and even home video you had to watch like the Mickey Mouse Club if you were you know if you're lucky enough <laughs> to see that just to hope to hope to catch one or or the ones that they would show on the wonderful world of Disney. So um, it was very very exciting um, And of course with Leonard Moulton involved that was great and it was a treat. A treat to work with him. Um, so yeah, it's definitely one of the projects that I uh, was thrilled to work with. I didn't do that much writing on that particular project, although I certainly did some. I, I consulted a little bit on some of the formatting, and um, I helped with the image research. Uh, I've, I've gotten into, um, over the years, photo research quite a bit. Um, aside from writing, because I, I, I have done so much research in, in the Disney, uh, archives and the Disney photo library. So, um, that was more what I was doing for those, those DVDs. But, um, it was, it was a thrill. And just like anybody else, I, I was always waiting with bated breath each year to see what they were going to release next.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: and they have done. They did some amazing things that I, you know, I just never thought would see the light of day, like the Scarecrow, Romney Marsh, and and you know the entire Zorro series, including the hour-long episodes, and, and in the in the black boxes <laughs> as opposed to the <laughs> silver tins.
1: <laughs> yeah, those were true treasures. That's the thing. Those were ones that just. They really are this essence in time that, you know, many will argue uh, today's generation doesn't want to see something like that or they don't want to see it. I think it's all in the way it's presented. If it's presented in a fun and interesting way, uh, anything can be new again to somebody. And, of course, you know, I mean, look at Davy Crockett. Who doesn't love watching him race a keel, race keelboats, you know, on the river, right? I mean, it doesn't make a difference of your age at all. Everybody loves it, and you know, with this too, you know, like you said, you were getting into photo research, working on these. Nonetheless, you got to work on some of the most prized Disney DVDs, like you said, that Fetch, such a huge cost. Luckily, I own them all.
3: <laughs> yes, yeah, same here. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have missed them. They were, they were tremendous, and absolutely, I was very, very lucky. To be asked to uh, work on them—it's it, just one of the greatest things that I was ever able to be involved with. The, to, to present them, to preserve the heritage, and also to present it to fans who already loved it and to new fans too. And you're right. I, I think that's such an important thing about uh, Disney is that um, when when uh, young people get a chance to see, you know, some of the older Disney things even things that one might think automatically they would not be interested in, say, Spin and Marty or the Annette serial from the Mickey Mouse Club, black and white, and, and, you know, the budget wasn't that high so forth, you know, by today's standards. Production values are not really what one might expect from, from today's point of view. Uh, they, capture, they capture them. There's something about the Disney storytelling, the Disney approach, the Disney stars? Uh, you know, it, 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 it captures people regardless of some of the limitations. And they're timeless. It doesn't matter if it's a, an animated feature or some short little thing done for, for a television show in black and white. They're timeless. And you probably have had the experience, I know, I know you have children, of seeing children watching some of these things and they become captivated. They forget. That, oh, I'd rather not watch something in black and white, you know? <laughs> uh, and I've seen it, I've seen it myself. And I've heard from other uh, parents with children who become, they, 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 become hooked on the Mickey Mouse Club. They want to see more. Why aren't there more episodes out, you know? So it's, it's, it's thrilling. And that's one thing i have like to do as, as a quote unquote a historian is help, you know, help show folks who might be interested in Disney because they love something on, uh, you know, Disney Junior or, the, or Disney Channel that or just going to a park, that there's all these other things that, are, that, that exist, and they're, they're great, too. And if we're not celebrating them in, in histor- you know, in historical writing or what have you, they'll they'll never find out about
1: it well definitely and like you said you know it has to be passed on they'll never find out about it and you know even myself that's something i got into you know late 80s early 90s because you know i love the you know the history of disney but also not just that history but also you know at that time you had the all-new mickey mouse club or adventures in wonderland and all these other series that were on disney channel and at that time you know, I started recor- recording many of these and clipping magazine ads and I have an extensive library and you know, people look at you and they're like, why are you doing that? I'm like, well, this is the new generation of Disney history. And, you know, my kids are watching Sophia the First. All right, well, that's going to be their generation of Disney history. And these things get passed on and on and on. And with that, you know, with yourself, you know, you're part of so many different things and interviewed many different greats, of course, you know, Frank Thomas, Ollie, the Sherman brothers, um, you know, Mike Gabriel, who we had the pleasure of speaking with here on the show as well. Now in interviewing, Interviewing some of these people, do you ever just leave with some of these stories from them, and you're just captivated at their involvement in all of this?
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to think of an example, <laughs> but
1: <laughs> no examples necessary.
3: <laughs> well, great. It's 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 incredible. Anytime you talk with any Disney talent, um, whether it be somebody like Frank or Ollie or Mark Davis who actually worked with Walt or somebody uh, of today's world, like Mike Gabriel, um, any of these folks, they, ha- they just have the most amazing, creative stories of of creating, uh, you know, Disney. So um, it's always fascinating. I, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone where I was like, meh. You know, I didn't get there much out of that. It's always the opposite. It's like, oh, my gosh, I have so much material. How am I going to fit this all into, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, an article or, or even a book?
1: Definitely. Well, and with that, too, like you said, or even a book, you've been part of a variety of different books. And, of course, you know, you have books that are out even now if you want to let anybody in on, you know, all of that that's going on as well.
14: Well,
3: one uh, one thing uh that I, I forgot to mention earlier uh was um this book called How to Be a Disney Historian. It's brand it's brand new. It was published mm, I don't know, maybe a month ago, maybe 2 months ago. Uh so it's um a project spearheaded by uh Jim Cork, as who, who most of your listeners will know as a Disney historian and and writer, someone who celebrates Disney. <laughs> And he decided that he was going to put this project together and ask a a number of Disney historians to write whatever whatever they wanted to, like write a chapter in this book. And he wrote he wrote a great deal of it himself. So the book is a little hard to describe. (laughs) I I wish I had it in front of me, and I don't. (laughs) But it's um, the the title is sort of just like a you know just something to kind of catch your eye. Whether it would really teach you how to be a Disney historian, I don't know. There are a lot of tips in there about even even if you're researching anything, there's some great tips in there. But um, historians like Jeff Kurty, uh Jerry Beck, just a couple that I'm thinking of right off, off the top of my head. There's certainly many more in there. Op- Paula Sigmund Lowry, um, Dave Smith. Is is a contributor. This is, of course, the, the well known archivist at the Disney Company, Dave Smith, um, and I'm in really good company. I'll tell you that. I, I was asked to to write about it. So um, that is one thing that I'm sort of excited about, just because it's a different perspective than maybe uh, you know some Disney fans have not thought about or wouldn't you know wouldn't know to read about. But also because I do I do use the term Disney historian as almost like a marketing term
4: because
3: <laughs> i I, <laughs> I i have done I have done a lot of different kinds of writing, and um, I don't I don't consider myself primarily a historian, although I certainly have done a lot of that. Um, it's almost a it's almost a title that makes me a little bit uncomfortable because it's it's um, and a historian is, is a true, you know, it's a true profession with standards. And nowadays, if, if I may sound incredibly old here, <laughs> there are so many people that call themselves Disney historians, and I think that's one reason Jim decided to do this project. If, if, if you're going to call yourself a Disney historian, here are some standards by which you, you should, you know, measure yourself and try to come up to. Um everybody, it seems, has – anybody with a website or even a Facebook page considers themselves <laughs> a Disney historian. <laughs> and I know – Oh, I, 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 and that's true. Yeah, I suspect you may, uh, may encounter that yourself. And, you know, anybody with a – I don't know what a, – a microphone on their computer, they have a podcast. And, you know <laughs> – it's not necessarily the standards of your show. There, there are certainly some great ones out there, including yours. But at any rate, I think it was an attempt to bring some professionalism to this whole thing known as Disney history. Um, but also, uh, and, and this is kind of what I go into my own piece in that book. Um, if you're a historian, that implies you're only writing about the past, and I, I've been lucky enough to write about things that are happening right now. For example, I just wrote two articles about Shanghai Disneyland, which, as we speak, is not even open yet for um, uh, Disney 23, the D23 magazine. So I guess one could say it's living history, but it's not writing about Oswald the Rabbit. <laughs> that's, that's happening now. So, um I, I I grapple with that a little bit, but I'm I'm primarily a writer and and, and an author, and the historian part is, is kind of mixed in there. So anyhow, I think that anybody that has any interest in Disney, especially looking back um, at, at the legacy, would would enjoy even just skimming around in that book. There's some fascinating anecdotes from some of these folks. And the more serious you are about being being a historian, actually any kind of historian or researcher, you will find some great professional tips um, from some of those folks. I'm I'm still reading it and I'm learning from it. Believe me, so it's it's a great it's it's a great project that hasn't gotten a whole lot of publicity. So, and I'm glad we I'm glad you steered me in that direction.
1: Well, and definitely, like you said, and it has a lot of great names. It has the forward by, of course, uh, you know, Leonard Maltin, who everybody knows, of course. Uh, you know, and like you said, it has so many different people on this, you know, uh, like, uh, Todd James Pierce, yourself, as well as David Smith. I mean, so many different names are attached to this that, you know, I think it truly is something that, like you said, if it, anyone can say that they're a historian, but how, I guess, how, how do you measure that? And there's so many different ways. What's your knowledge of the past? Do you only focus on a certain era? Because, you know, like you said, you, you're, you're able to cover some living history that's even now. So this is definitely one of those fantastic reads where, you know, it's going to kind of help guide you and direct you as to, all right, well, how do, how do the people that do this every single day, like yourself, you know, pull it off?
3: Right. And how possibly yeah. people, people get, a kick out of it, in, in, in addition to maybe earning something. And again, um, I just hope that it raises the standards a little bit. Because, um, as you just said, anybody can call themselves a historian. I think that's a, a a profession that has such a an importance to it. And then, if you say Disney historian, oh my gosh, I, I think that I think you're taking on the standards of Disney itself and Walt Disney himself, and those those are very high standards. In, in my in my part in my my chapter, um, one thing I've definitely noticed with you know the rise of the internet over the years is all those, the, the fallacies and all the falsehoods that are now just bandied about as truth um, because people keep perpetuating these things that are just not true. And and I, I, my, my sort of uh, approach was. If you're going to be a Disney historian, don't be a distorian. In other words, don't distort history. And I give it a couple examples in there of even stories that are partially true, but the way a person looks at them, uh, it distorts the history. And if you're just kind of saying something on Facebook, oh, you know, well, Walt, Walt decided he was going to do this and that's the end of the story, unfortunately you just distorted everything. <laughs> so, um, you know, and hopefully it'll make at least a few more people aware of the standards that we all should have if, if we're going to, you know, be part of this whole thing. So
1: Definitely. You know, and I think if anybody wants to consider themselves a true historian, you always want to find out, you know, all the facts, the entire story, the, you know, I mean, hopefully something like this book will prompt people who thought they were a historian and love Oswald the Rabbit because you see him at California Adventure now okay, well, let me go back and actually watch these shorts and do the history of when Walt created him and then, you know, do that six degrees of separation and that's what's going to make a historian, not necessarily, well, I like Oswald too. You know, he's an old cartoon character. Great. (laughs) Right. That's a perfect (laughs) example. So, you know, with that, so, you know, it's a fantastic book and everybody can get it, you know, Amazon, other places and how to be a Disney historian. Just search for it. It comes right up, you know, right there for everybody. But like you said, you know, you're part of this book. You're also part of so many different things, you know, being able to write many articles, like you said, being part of living history, things in the past as well. And, you know, writing all these online articles and many other things. Is there any subject that is your favorite? I mean, because you touch such a wide range. You know, as I feel any true Disney fan and, uh, you know, somebody like yourself where you love Disney enough, of course you're going to be open to all of it. It's the the close-minded little, you know, little segmented Disney fans that are the ones that shut off the rest of the world. But somebody like yourself, you cover so much – is there one topic though when you get a chance to write about it you're like all right I'm ready i'm I'm pouncing on that one instantly
3: well that <laughs> that's uh, a challenging question because the the world of Disney is so big um, and seems to get bigger all the time um, I guess now a lot of people consider Star Wars for example part of Disney, which of course it in reality is um, I still think I still look at it myself as a distinct thing, because it's its own world, it's its own, you know, entity that existed long before Disney bought it. But, um, you know, the Muppets are another great example, and I love the Muppets, and because of my involvement, uh, I love Star Wars too, uh, but because of my involvement with D23, I was able to write about the Muppets actually quite a bit, which was a thrill for me. But um, a favorite subject, probably I would gravitate toward television, meaning... Uh, the anthology series, and well, television created basically when Walt was with us. Um, I, I think there were so many great productions done then, and um, it's 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 an area that I've always been fascinated with. So, I, I mentioned earlier this character of Romney Marsh because it was created for television. A lot of people don't even know about it; they never heard about heard of it. So, it's always fun to write about something like that. And then, um, to be really obscure, <laughs> uh, the the series within a series done for Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color, Gallagher, that's been a passion of mine. It's just an absolute favorite of mine, and it's never been released on home video in any way whatsoever. It was shown, fortunately, on Disney Channel uh, for many years when they were still showing classic Disney material. Um, so, Television, I, I seem to gravitate toward in, in that in that regard. Um, so that's uh, that's certainly one thing that pops up. Um, in terms of writing, um, I'm, I'm actually my favorite kind of writing of, of all is has nothing to do really with Disney history, but it um, it's for comic books. I've written a lot of Disney comic books um, over the years, and um, I just wrote uh, one for the new being published by IDW, the new line of classic Disney comics, Mickey Mouse, Uncle Scrooge, Donald Duck, and so forth. So I'm very happy to be part of that again. So I'm, 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 I love comic books and comic strips, comics of all kinds. That's an overwriting interest of mine. So I've always been very interested in, in the Disney kind as well. And comic books is interesting. One thing I've come across is I'll say to people, Oh, I'm, I'm very interested in comic books. I love comic books. What they hear is me saying, I love superheroes. And I'm, I've only come to realize that quite recently. And I'm like, Oh, well, I don't look at it that way. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do love superheroes. <laughs> but to me, comics is so much more than that. But I guess to some folks, comic books mean superheroes. And I'm like, Well, there's Uncle Scrooge too, so let's not forget that.
1: <laughs> well, definitely, you know, and like you said, you know, the comics they they really open up a world and also educate because even though comics are fun and they're slapstick. They educate because you're reading. In the end, you're reading. And, you know, such great comics came out of Disney with Carl Barks, you know, and all those. And just recently, it's on the tip of my tongue. I wish I could remember his name, but we had just interviewed somebody who has the largest Donald Duck comic book collection out there. And, uh, you know, those are things that just are fun to do. So, I mean, I'm right on the same page with you. It's not just superheroes, which, I will admit, I, I, you know, I, I do get angry at the Marvel movies right now and how they're changing it from the comics. But, you know, but there is that, that the Disney comics out there and all of those that are fantastic and the new Disney comics coming out with Haunted Mansion and Figment, um, you know, and such, such great people behind that, like Jim, Jim Zub and all those guys. I mean, such fantastic things. So I couldn't, couldn't agree more.
3: Right. Great. I, I'm thrilled to talk to anybody that even knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> um and uh we we really live in a great age right now, with as you say, the new the new Disney comic books that are being created from you know, from from scratch, as it were. And um the classic line, which IDW is very committed to, they're they're publishing four titles a month. So that's that's a tremendous we, we haven't always had that over the years. Uh so it's wonderful to see Disney comics in the comic book stores and elsewhere, again, and available to anybody that wants to read them. And I hope folks like you and me help get that word out that this, this is happening. It's a great thing. It, the, the Disney comics have a great legacy going right back to almost the beginning, uh, you know, 1930 was the first Disney comic with the Mickey Mouse newspaper comic strip. So this is a tremendous legacy. And, uh, Definitely. It's, it's thrilling, thrilling to me to see this. So it's very exciting. Now, one thing, the one, I know the one review of the Disney book, which we also want to talk about is, um, and I, and I mentioned this on my Facebook page, uh, there was a really terrific, um, review of the book by, I think, uh, of which is very, very comic book centered entity. And naturally they were disappointed that there wasn't more about comics in the Disney book. Well, no one was more disappointed than me. <laughs> and we tried, we tried to we tried to get some more comics in there, but there just wasn't room. There's only 200 pages and 200 pages is a lot, but when you're talking about the whole world of Disney, it's uh there there's a lot of things you have to leave out. So one thing I've discovered over the, the months since the Disney book was published. It was published in October 2015. Is that, uh, every, every, I've had great positive reaction to it, but everybody has, every single person seems to have a disappointment about something that's not there. <laughs> or that wasn't dealt with enough. So that's actually, that's actually a good thing. It means that they love it and they, and they want more of it. And they want more of what the book presents. It's just like, why well, couldn't, Why couldn't you have the computer wore tennis shoes or Kurt Russell? Well, we tried. We tried. There just wasn't room.
1: Well, you know, and, and there's never gonna be enough room, but that's what's gonna give you, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, open ground to do more. And of course, you know, for all of our listeners out there who aren't familiar, which I'm sure they should be, but just in case, you know, um, you know, the Disney book, which of course was written by yourself, you know, just a fantastic book full of so many different things. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but also you always feel the same way. There's only so much that you can cover, but it leaves room for the disney book you know 2017 edition 2018 edition and uh you know it can it can can go endless you know for on and on and on because you know i think that you're never going to be able to satisfy everybody but i think the book really does a fantastic job of covering so much i mean especially for somebody who may just be discovering disney and this is their first step into you know a wider range of, I didn't know all this was Disney. I thought it was everything from, you know, Little Mermaid only on. Right. Exactly.
3: And whatever your interest is, hopefully you're going to open the book and go, Oh, I didn't know about this or I forgot about it. Or I didn't, I didn't know that much about it. So yeah, it's, it's hopefully a little, a little bit of a smorgasbord of, of Disney, uh, delights, um, and hopefully gives you some more, um, a little bit, a little bit of meat, um, a little bit, some some fun facts, at least behind some of these things with, that you might not have known. The more you do know about Disney, the more the more you can say, well, you know, this is this is just a superficial coverage of it. Um, I, I certainly know some Disney historians, quote unquote, have have said that not not in a negative way, but just sort of a factual way, and it's it's true. It's called the Celebration of the World of Disney. That's the subtitle. Well, celebration implies that first of all, it's going to be a positive look. So no, I didn't go into the strike of you know
8: nineteen
3: late thirties <laughs> or you know ac- certain accusations accusations of Walt Disney or or what have you. But um, that wasn't its intention. Nor is it meant to be an encyclopedia. We we didn't cover everything. Um, as you as you said, it would have to be a multi-volume <laughs> set of books, <laughs> um, which would be, actually be a great idea. But that's a whole different animal. This is just uh, this is just a, a celebration, and hopefully, it would give, would give people um, not only an overview, but also we we also there is some detail. You know, there are some things that have not really been explored too much uh especially visually before the one thing that comes to mind is the multi-plane camera um everybody's seen photos of it but this is an actual they you know they went in and, and took took close up photos of it so you could really see what is this thing really let's take a close look at it and uh that's um that's uh that's something that hopefully will um jump out jump out at folks even if they know, you know, the whole history of who Walt Disney was and the parks and everything else.
1: So Well, right, it is a celebration, and of course you're uncovering things that, you know, are maybe some things that are new. I mean, I myself, the one thing that I really enjoyed right away off the bat uh, before I even got the book, when you were just letting everybody know that it was going to be coming out, was I loved how you had Disneyland Paris, and often I'll still call it Euro Disney, how you have that castle on the cover? Because I think that's just a stunning, gorgeous structure.
3: <laughs> I agree, and it's one that's not <laughs> spotlighted um, too often. Um, and I Definitely. think you know, it's, I think it's really cool. I, I was not, I was not as involved with the images in this book as much as I have been in some other projects. Although I was a little bit involved, I think it was really cool that that that's on the cover just in and of itself. But when you open the book. You know, just a few pages in, the title page is that beautiful concept painting by Frank Armitage um, of the Disneyland Paris castle. And that, of course, leads you back to Sleeping Beauty itself, the animated film, because Frank was a background painter on that. So, to me, right away, just those decisions, it shows... If you look, if you look hard enough, it does show a certain depth to it, and also a little bit of the unexpected. I'm thrilled to hear you say you love that castle on the cover because it it shows to me that they, you know, the people who were making the decisions about the images, not necessarily me, <laughs> what you know, if they were <laughs> they were trying to think a little bit deeper and a little past. Oh, let's just show let's just show Sleeping Beauty Castle from Disneyland. Or that shows Cinderella Castle from Walt Disney World. It's almost always the, one of those two that represents everything else, and uh, this castle is so it has its own style naturally than from the other from the others. So that's great, Jonathan. That's that. I'm so glad you picked up on that.
1: Well, you know, and it's things like that where, like you said, it is an overview, but at the same time, there's going to be some new nuggets. And, uh, you know, I think if anybody hasn't picked it up, they definitely, it sounds like a sales pitch and I probably have that radio sales pitch voice, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm telling everybody, you got to pick up the Disney book. It is great. A celebration of the world of Disney. You definitely should check it out. Just check it out on Amazon, whatnot. It, fantastic book. And, you know, if you ever want to hit up any other realms, like, you know, the Disney Channel book or anything, hey, I'm raising my hands. I'm I'm open to, to help you with that one.
3: <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, I'm sure you have your own <laughs> areas that you're you're really into and that you've done a lot of research for because I know you have done a lot of research yourself, so
1: <laughs> the the Disney book, all the things you've written, online articles, so much going on. You're always busy. I mean, I mean, when do you ever have time to breathe? And do you have anything, you know, currently coming up or anything you're working on that you can let us in on? I know how those non disclosures go, or are we just gonna have to just stay pay attention to the blogs, the posts, the websites and uh keep our eyes and ears peeled?
3: <laughs> well, a little of both, I suppose. Um I I think the the one thing I can Talk about in general is that i i I've been very very happy and blessed to have been work working for D23 since the start, um, which is a wonderful. Uh, it's the official fan club of Disney, as I'm sure everyone out there knows. And we do we do really make an attempt to celebrate the legacy as well as promote the new things. So um, you know you'll have articles about the latest Marvel film out in theaters what Pixar is doing what you know what show for uh, the tweens is on Disney channel but we also do a lot about Walt about classic animation about the, you know the legacy of the parks even things that aren't aren't there anymore the people that people look back on very fondly so I I think d23 is one of the greatest things that has happened for hardcore Disney fans uh whether they know it or not um, in in recent times. And I think the magazine itself is, everyone that works on it, believe me, everyone works so hard on the magazine just alone to make it the best Disney publication that there is. There's other Disney publications, but this comes from Disney itself. So everyone has a very high standard of, and a responsibility for that. So um, I, I mentioned that, the 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 next issue, the very next issue which should be out pretty soon, uh next month I guess, is is all about Shanghai Disneyland. Lots of inside information. Uh as I said I earlier I wrote two articles myself. I was very very fortunate to be asked to do so. And you know, this is this is one of the biggest things that's happened in recent years. This this huge new park with a new take on a lot of the classic Magic Kingdom of, you know, uh, elements. It's, it's very exciting. So I believe just about the whole issue is, is dedicated to Shanghai Disneyland. So if you, if you are like me and not planning on going to Shanghai real soon, <laughs> uh, you, you'll, you'll feel like you're there and you'll, and you'll hear about, just like you mentioned earlier, John, earlier, Jonathan, uh, a lot of the people that we talked to who are creating that park so dedicated, so passionate, and so aware of the legacy of Walt Disney, and trying—you know—trying very hard to live up to that. So it's 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 thrilling. So that's something that I worked on quite recently. I, I mentioned the comic book, although I don't—I have to admit—as of right now, I don't know when that particular story is being published. Um, so I can't give you too much concrete information on that. And. Um, uh, about all I can think of right now is um, the ongoing stuff. D twenty three people people can see it, can see my articles out there, and it's easy to access. Uh, you do you do have to be a member to uh, look at most of the stuff on the D twenty three website, but you can become a member for free. You do not have to become a gold member if you do not want to. Uh, so um, it's very easy to do. And then you can look at everything on um, the um, d23.com website. And um, I'm very proud to be part of that because, again, the folks that run it and work for it are very dedicated. It's updated every single day. Every single day, new content is being posted. And... There's just a wealth of material on there. I don't think I, I I get the impression sometimes talking to folks that they don't know that. Um, you know, there's a, there's article. I mean, I can just talk about some of the articles I've written for it. It's Crow of Romney Marsh, which I, now I've mentioned I think three <laughs> times.
1: <laughs> uh, well, there's, I, I, there's... I, I love that series. It, it doesn't get old, and the song. You know, it's it's a great <laughs> intro.
3: Right, just starting with the song. It's it's so great. So um, we we recently did an article about Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Treaty, uh, which I included a fantastic quote by um, Sterling Holloway that I had never seen before where he talks about Winnie the Pooh, um, and I've been looking for years.
4: <laughs>
3: so, um, And I think um, they're posting an article I just wrote about Disney and education so everything from Donald and Math Magic Land to True Guys Adventures to Bill Nye the Science Guy. its uh, going to be an article about that with some fantastic photos. So um, keep your eyes peeled for D23.com, Disney fans. Not even just material that I happen to write, but there's a lot of great stuff on there. So hope hope that answers your question a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: definitely well you know we know you're busy so many different things articles to write research to be done photos to look at you know so much stuff going on of course all, everybody we do want to say pick up the disney book how to be a disney historian so many different things read from d23 i guess in closing here you know with the all the things that you've been part of and so much more and you know of course you are reaching out to people and you know inspiring their lives as well and they're inspiring them with their love of disney and their, you know Wanting to gain more and more knowledge, and you know, people who are continuing to grow as Disney fans. Is there any final words you like to leave out there for anybody listening in that you know you've touched their lives through books, magazines, publications online?
2: Well,
3: um, again, that's that's hard to to think of something like that. But I guess what one thing that always occurs to me is what you just mentioned. It's it's really the people. So it's not only the people that have created. Uh, all, all this wonderful Disney um, magic, I guess you would say. I, I don't always use the M word, but I'll use it now. <laughs> but it's the people that appreciate it and enjoy it and and love it. And so often it's a special kind of person, both the creators and those that love what they create. Um, there's just something um, very heartfelt and very... Um, the, the people that the, the people that appreciate what's good in life and disney pulls that up as something to be admired it's not it's it's all light it's all good um, so I would like to thank certainly anybody out there who's first of all has read anything that I've written and therefore enjoyed disney a little bit more and understood it a little bit more but also the disney fans that and I, you know I'm part of that <laughs> who um, really appreciate disney and know what it means know 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 its heart cuz i i think that's that's the secret of disney it's it's a heart and we know who would be the first to say that a, a guy named walt
1: Definitely. Well, it was our pleasure, Jim, having you stop in, chat with us, take this time with us and, uh, you know, move on from, uh, you know, writing and photos and now adding to your voice to that mix of Disney knowledge. So thanks once again for stopping in and chatting with us. And I'm sure we're going to be reading and seeing more of you, you know, as every single month unfolds. So thanks once again.
3: Well, thank you for having me, Jonathan. I really appreciate it.
4: Magic Kingdom, Epcot Center, and the Disney MGM Studios theme park, all celebrating Walt Disney World's 20th anniversary with 20 spectacular reasons to visit this year. What's more fun than visiting the Walt Disney World Resort? Staying here. There are 20 great ways to stay in the middle of the magic with rates as low as $84. Call 1-407-W Disney and live the fantasy at a Disney resort for as little as $84 a night. Stay at Walt Disney World during our 20th celebration. kiss the girl Ain't that sad Ain't it a shame Too bad you gonna miss the girl You see her Sitting there across the way She don't got a lot to say But there's something about her And you don't know why But you're dying to try She wants you to, there's one way to ask her It don't take a word, not a single
14: on What's Happening at the Walt Disney Company, now on thisradio.com From Hips or Whale, makers of the original Crossy Road and Disney, brings the new iOS, Android, Windows Phone, Disney Crossy Road, an all-new take on the 8-bit endless adventure to cross the road without splatting. Tap and swipe your way according to a record-sitting of steps, with 100 plus Disney and Pixar figurines while dodging crazy and unexpected obstacles in the 8 bit world of Toy Story, Zootopia, The Lion King, The Haunted Mansion, and so much, many more. Collect over 100 plus Disney Pixar figurines, including Mickey, Donald, Buzz, Rapunzel, Mufasa. Record Ralph, and so many other favorites, and plus many more fun surprises along the way. Journey through an 8-bit deception of Al's Toyborn, The Pride Lands of Africa, The Haunted Mansion, and as well humming your way to familiar tunes like You've Got a Friend in Me and I Just Can't Wait to Be King. Master special themed challenges unique to each world such as weathering blizzards, collecting cherries. F- to earn special power-ups, av- avoid thundering stampedes of weirdo-beast, staying clear of the falling barrels, and more. If you have some few hours to kill, this is a game to play, let me tell you, I was more frustrated and laughing to myself as I clobber by cars, splash into water to my death, and ex- as well, explode in pixels. I gladly recommend this game t- for those who like this little twist of 8-bit fun technology and as well for those who love disney characters in a whole new different realm you can download it over an ios android windows phone and amazon's website over there at amazon.com well this is randy signing out for disney multimedia be sure to keep your eyes ears and senses alerted with the latest disney multimedia around you until then see you next time
0: Disney Blues. Disney On Demand.
4: Whew. I thought you were dead. Uh,
10: uh. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What?
4: My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Was this baby? We'll never be
6: alive. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother.
1: All right, all of heads so I am back. And that's going to wrap up this week's show. Yes, yeah, show number 152. For the week of June 2nd, 2016, as we had all kinds of fun. And I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the talented Jim Fanning for stopping in here chatting with us. Your knowledge of Disney history. I know you and I could talk for hours and hours. So thank you for stopping in, chatting with us. And definitely, all of you D-heads out there, pick up the Disney book. You are going to love this read. It is definitely one you want to add to your Disney reading collection. I'd also like to thank the D-team once again for stopping in. From Aaron. Cody, Nathan, Randy, Paige, Jason, and Caitlin, all for stopping in here this week with their signature segments. If it wasn't for you, you are the reason that all the D-Heads don't have to sit there and listen to me ramble week in and week out. And finally, thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason we continue to bring you this show every single week for the last six years. You're the reason we continue to bring the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney for the last 152 shows. So thank you, the D-Heads, for spreading the words, making it magical, and giving us the honor of bringing this show to you every single week. So before I jump into who's going to be stopping in here next week here at this show, and it is a fun one that I know some of you are really going to be excited for, I do want to mention all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. There you can find our fullest of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on the official website at dizradio.com. D-I-Z-Radio.com. You can also connect with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can also join our Facebook discussion group, the D-Wire Disney Discussion Group on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. All you have to do is search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical little show. And remember, if you just can't wait, you need the shows instantly in the palm of your hand. As soon as they get released, all you have to do is check us out on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. It is that simple. Go there, subscribe, and get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your Android, your iPhone, your tablet, and you can listen to it instantly as soon as it gets released. That quick, that simple, and make it magical. And remember, you can find all of these links and more on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Dot com. And all of you D-Heads, finally, all of it's out of the way. I am excited because next week we have a fun one. We're jumping into summer, beaches, bonfires, and let's go all the way back to a show that you may recall, and I'm just going to give you the name of the show, Lizzie McGuire. I'm going to leave it at that as who next week's guest is going to be. So all of you D-Heads, as I always say, take time, slow down, and never neglect family for business. Make the magic, make the memories, and make it last a lifetime for you and your family this weekend. So until next week, all VD heads, have a fantastic weekend. I'll catch you online and make the memories happen. Goodbye,
7: so soon, and isn't this a crime? We no oh, by now, the time knows how to fly <laughs> So here's goodbye So soon, you'll find your separate way If time so short, I'll say so long and go So soon, goodbye You followed me I followed you. We were like each other's shadows for a while. Now, as you see, this game is through, so although it hurts, I'll try to smile as I say goodbye so soon. And isn't this a crime? We know by now that time knows how to fly. So here's goodbye, (laughs) so soon you'll find your separate way, with time so short I'll say so long and go so soon, (laughs) goodbye. Followed me, I followed you We were like each other's shadows for a while Now as you see, this game is through So although it hurts, I'll try to smile As I say goodbye so soon And isn't this a crime? We know by now that time knows how to fly So here's goodbye, so soon you'll find your separate way. With time so short, I'll say so long and go so soon.